Welcome to the New Mexico News Podcast, headlines and stories from the land of enchantment. Brought to you by KRQE. Here's Chris McKee and Gabrielle Burkhart. Last July, it was a different, if not somewhat confusing or maybe ambiguous announcement. It was a news conference in Albuquerque where the mayor, the police chief, and the New Mexico attorney general announced a partnership and their plan to tackle what they called organized retail crime. Many of these cases get mislabeled as petty thief, uh, petty shoplifting. And we're dealing with some of the worst violent criminals in the state of New Mexico. This is not shoplifting, they said. This is a problem with people, usually with criminal records, sometimes armed with weapons, violently stealing stuff, and in some cases, using the value of those stolen items to fund a criminal enterprise. This is not about, like, teenagers stealing candy bars, right? This is not about petty shoplifting. This is part of an often orchestrated effort, but also, unfortunately, a theory on the street that just says that, okay, if we need some extra cash for any given reason for our particular group of individuals who are involved in multiple types of criminal activity, we'll just go steal some stuff. And that's what this is about catching. So again, this work addressing organized retail crime started in Albuquerque last summer. Now, one year later, our colleague, investigative reporter Ann Perrette, recently posed the question, how is that work going? And to get answers, Ann got to ride along with agents from the attorney general's office in a shoplifting sting earlier this year as she profiled the work agents are doing for a recent KRQE Investigates report. Longtime listener and first time guest Ann Perrette joins us on the podcast this week and welcome it's great to have you here long time listener indeed thanks for having me you guys yeah it's good it's good to have you here and especially related to this story and if you haven't watched it yet highly recommend taking the time to go to YouTube or, or karakui.com slash investigates and watch this story we'll also put a link to it in our post um, I think you did a good job of outlining why the AG and the police are pursuing this so aggressively. And I wanted to home in on that. For those who maybe haven't seen the story yet, you talked to a special agent for it. Uh, You also talked to the AG, that's Hector Balderas. You brought up the fact that this seems almost goofy in a sense that there's this idea that you can stop violent crime by going after shoplifters, which is a misdemeanor crime, of course. So What was the attorney general's take on why he endorses this effort so much so? It does seem goofy, right? I mean, this is a misdemeanor crime and you have the attorney general's office going after shoplifters. But then we're told, okay, well, these aren't shoplifters. This isn't a shoplifting sting. This is an organized retail crime operation. It's leading to other crimes. That's what this stealing of goods from Kohl's or Home Depot or Walmart, it's leading to or fueling other violent crimes. The conversation the AG told me was, you know, violent crime is up. Everybody's talking about it. How can we play our part? What can we do? And they started realizing, well, we can find these people at a Home Depot, at a Kohl's. So let's go there. Let's catch them. And let's kind of ask the question of, why are you stealing what you're stealing and what are you doing with it to then kind of cut that line of violence. And, and that was really what he found was important, why he thought it was important to do. Um, and, and so far they've done eight operations and been pretty successful. The records show that they are very dangerous felons 
with extensive criminal histories. No one thought, though, that they all they needed to do was to go to Home Depot or Walmart to pick up these violent offenders. So is it being borne out that the people that they're catching are committing other crimes or have warrants for other things. Is that actually happening? Yes. So what we witnessed when we rode along with them, you know, we witnessed people stealing items. They were found with weapons on them. You know, sometimes that's right away a felon possession of a gun charge, right? Mm -hmm. They were also found with drugs on them. There's another charge right there. But one of the three arrests, the guy wasn't even shoplifting. He just showed up in a stolen car. Mm. They were able to kind of run his plates. They noticed he looked suspicious when he showed up to the Walmart, which is where the sting was conducted, and were able to arrest him for that. So, so far, too, it's been about 85 arrests. Um, the AG's office tells me they've been able to connect them to drug trafficking and to murder. A suspected shoplifter charged for a shooting at an Albuquerque grocery store is now also accused of playing a role in a murder. It was February 1st, middle of the day. There's a woman, uh, Brianna Garcia, and she was accused of shoplifting. She is initially the surveillance video shows taken back to asset protection. They're trying to question her. She runs away um, and in while running away, knocks off everything off the shelves. You know, this huge scene gets in her car. And as she's driving off, the surveillance video shows her shooting a gun at the very crowded entrance. Former KRQE anchor Dick Niffing describing the chaotic moments. And all of a sudden, bam, 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 bam. And I know enough that I knew it was gunshots right away. And instantly some woman came running into the store screaming. She was petrified. And this was a Walmart. This was a Walmart. Yes. A Walmart grocery store, February 1, middle of the day. Then they realize that was her fourth one that week, her fourth shoplifting attempt. And... They're then able, because they identified her that day, able to connect her to a murder about a week or two prior. Albuquerque police say Brianna Garcia helped known gang member Bobby Lopez set up a man to be robbed during a drug deal. This was back in January near Louisiana and I-40. Police say Lopez ended up shooting and killing that man, Angel Varela. In the so it's helping them identify these frequent offenders and kind of see what else they may be connected to. This isn't really a shoplifting operation. We are picking up dangerous felons and catching them in the act when they are shoplifting to fuel their drug addictions or their uh, weapons acquisitions. You mentioned the sting that you went along with was in Albuquerque. Can you elaborate more on that? We had some pretty incredible access. It was very cool. We joined the special agent in charge of this unit, this retail crime operation unit um, from the attorney general's office. We had to keep our distance for our safety, of course, but just to kind of paint the picture, we are on the way there. He's explaining, okay, we're going to be at this Walmart. It's in the Southeast part of Albuquerque. They've had a lot of trouble. So they've been calling us. So we thought, okay, let's come here. And this is where we'll conduct this operation to try to help them out. They were there that entire week. We were there for just one day. 
So as soon as we pull up, you can hear the radio. Get on the ground now. You can tell there's a lot of communication. I found out there are 18 people involved, 18 police officers from the AG's office, from APD. They're communicating. There's somebody on the inside who is watching and identifying shoplifters or people they suspect are shoplifting. They've got people who are monitoring the surveillance video, and you can see they're able to zoom in on them, really identify them, see what they're doing, see what they're stealing. In real time. Yes. And they're also undercover, right? Yes. You have some that are undercover. You have some in uniform. So then they watch them leave, and they immediately communicate to the officers on the outside, which are also uniformed but undercover officers take down take down everybody converges real quickly at that exit and immediately yell at the suspect to get down they start taking the items off what's critical is they have to calculate the cost of those stolen items to determine which charge that is if it rises to a felony if it remains a misdemeanor and then they got to quickly get them away from that scene to not tip off any other potential shoplifters so then we drive to this whole different location which is where we had a lot more access we could see them questioning them trying to figure out again those questions what are you stealing why are you stealing it what are you doing with it once it's stolen then they're driven to the jail That in of itself is alarming just how quickly you have to get off of the scene so as to not tip off any other potential criminals that could still be like just doing this. That I think that just speaks to how frequently this happens and how scary that is for shoppers. Yes. And we were there for a couple of hours one afternoon and we witnessed three arrests. One of them, again, was not for shoplifting. It was for a stolen vehicle. There is an organizational presence there, and it's related to money laundering, racketeering, and a lot of other things. The attorney general's office asked we not identify their special agent as he frequently conducts these stings. But it's interesting, too, sitting in that car with him. He was able to, like, say, okay, you know, that looks a little suspicious. That person maybe backed into a parking spot or they dropped somebody off and then where are they now going? Just to kind of see, you know, there are different things that they've seen, different tactics that shoplifters have used. So then they're kind of watching that to see what what could this lead to? What are the other things that, that these folks are, are stealing? Is there any particular types of items they're looking for? So the two people that we witnessed who were um, charged with shoplifting, one of them, yes, had stolen $600 worth of vinyl records. The other person had all of these kind of car detailing products. And uh, we've also, we were told the special agents that they've caught people with baseball cards of all things. Legos is apparently a big one. People are starting to steal. Uh, Chainsaws, your typical ninja blender, TVs, those big ticket items. But also the, the person who was stealing the car detailing products, what was interesting is it was a lot of little things, but of course that adds up, right? So he had multiple bags and you can see in the surveillance footage, he's bogged down. The guy can barely walk. He probably has six bags on him and he just keep 
at every aisle keeps just shoving in different things in all different areas under his clothes, but also in those bags. Going along with the sting and seeing the surveillance video that you were able to see when they're watching these folks in real time, did anything surprise you about what was happening in these stores? I watched a lot of different surveillance footage. I mean, they've caught 85 people so far in these operations. And I know we, prior to me putting this story together, have shared some of that surveillance footage. One of the ones that just stuck out was the theft from the sunglasses hut. It's in the middle of the mall. And this video shows probably a dozen people running into this store. You see shoppers look like they're like jumping to cover and hiding from these people. And they're just security guards standing there, can't do anything. There's an employee who clearly has her phone out to call 911. She can't do anything. It's scary. But then you realize this guy has done this multiple times. He's accused of doing this several different times. And he stole in total $60,000 worth of merchandise, according to the AG's office. And the special agent telling me that's 40% of the store's statewide sales. They took a 40% hit as a result of this one guy stealing countless sunglasses. Wow. We mentioned that these are criminal enterprises, that these people are fueling other criminal activity. Are they then going and selling these items online or are they, you know, to fuel a drug habit or what is the overall sort of motive that you heard from agents on these operations? It could be as simple as exchanging the stolen items for drugs, but um, there's also the belief that this is just the bottom of the totem pole, right? And so they're stealing to generate that monetary value, exchanging that for drugs or for money, and then just kind of working it up the pipeline all the way to the top. So they are able, especially if drugs are involved, to work with the DEA to see who else is involved you catch one person, but then it leads you to the next, it leads you to the next. And so while they've only done eight of these operations, they are working, the agent was telling me, you know, behind a computer at the desk, not only putting these cases together, but then trying to get that intelligence of who else is involved, who else could they be talking to, connecting with, and that's kind of what makes it, right, that, that criminal enterprise, that, that ring. I wanted to ask you about the agent you got to talk to. I know we didn't reveal his name in the story and as well, we can't really say a whole heck of a lot about some of the work that he does. But one of the things you did put in the story was he said it feels like he's uh, pushing against the ocean, I think is how he put it. It's difficult. You know, it, it, uh, it can often feel like pushing against the ocean, but we're making a difference. You know, why is it that he said that? And do they feel this work is working? You know, you do one thing, but then it just feels like 10 more things happen. So I think that was the issue is just how prolific this was. And then realizing, oh my goodness, we might never not have a sting to do because there are so many potential shoplifters. There are so many people doing this that we need to be paying attention to. So it's exhausting. And I think that was kind of why he mentioned that pushing against the ocean, but at the same time, yes, they do feel like they are being successful. He and the AG both mentioned they are catching people again. So far it's about 85 people in their operations. And, um, 
again, those are leading to these bigger cases, but they're also able to connect with the DEA to see if that can help them with any cases. They're connecting with APD to say, okay, we took this weapon, this gun off of so-and-so. Can you track this to any other crimes? So they're making some sort of difference, right? Even if you get, it's kind of that thought of, you know, even if we save one person, even if we do this one thing, we're doing something. And that's, I think, how they felt. But it's interesting too, like he told me he and the team, when he first met with APD to kind of come up with this model of how they would do this, they were like, why are we doing this? This just seems like so silly. This seems like a waste of time. Kind of what we thought, right? Okay, the AG's office is going to Home Depot and Kohl's to catch shoplifters. But then again, when he realized the impact that it could make, he now says he can't imagine himself doing anything else. And it was very clear. He's very passionate. This man eats, sleeps, and breathes this operation. He's helping other states kind of implement this model. He's hoping to expand it statewide with the help of the AG. So yes, I think it's just one of those things where it's never going to go away. But I think uh, maybe the message, or I guess you'd think if they keep doing stings like this, maybe criminals will get the message that they're more liable to, to get caught if they continue doing this. I think that's certainly the hope. Certainly. Yes. But then of course, will we see them going elsewhere? You know, yeah. that's always the the fear. What else can you tell us about the agent that you did ride along with? Like what's his background and what, what was he saying that you can share with us? He's been a police officer for some time. And he said, you know, I've worked shoplifting cases before. So this was again, kind of the, why am I doing this as the special agent for the attorney general's office? But again, then realizing the impact that they were making, realizing that he could kind of change this model and make it more successful, I think was, was a bigger deal for him. And his biggest frustration, it was clear was the education piece which he and the other officers needed to be educated about the importance of it. But he mentioned on one of these operations, you know, they go in to arrest somebody and somebody from the public is, is standing there videotaping them saying, why are you doing this? Like, you know, this is a misdemeanor or whatever. Why is this so important? This is crazy because it is 18 people involved. So it is quite the presence when you watch them take somebody down and arrest them. And he really wanted the community, the public to understand what else these people may have done, what they're capable of doing, the fact that we don't know what weapons they might have had on them at that time, what they are stealing those items for. And so I think just really getting out the word to help educate the community, that was one of his big challenges, big frustrations but also educating the suspects was kind of critical too. He said in their first operation, this woman laughed at him. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you wasting your time arresting me? Like, this is a misdemeanor. You can't even arrest me for this. And it's that same thought, right? That we all have, this is a misdemeanor. Why are you doing this? But it's not, it can be elevated to a felony depending on the price 
of what's being stolen. Yeah. And then you can check for warrants and exactly. And also I think to that point in your interview with the attorney general, you know, one of the things I know he said was getting away from the stereotype really that the majority of these individuals are just looking to put food on the table or, you know, they're just stealing things of need. And Hector Balderas was clear to say he doesn't really believe that's the case these days. Lawmakers and thought leaders really need to look at um, our public centers and uh, put away the old stereotypes and the old assumptions. These are not a majority of petty shoplifters that are trying to feed their families. The minority is the old stereotype. The majority of individuals who are stealing at a felony level are using it to fuel other violent and aggressive criminal activity in New Mexico. So they really need to change their perception and this more violent patterns really happened under the watch of a lot of public leaders and elected officials really who have been asleep at the wheel. And with that in mind, the attorney general was candid about, you know, the frustration with these offenders. And I really do think we can change the culture, but the culture of anxiety and fear really is penetrating into our stores. And, uh, and that's just unacceptable. I'm not afraid to go to these stores. I shop at these stores. Um, I shop at the west side, big box stores. Um, but I see the fear in customers. I also know families, including my own. I will not let my wife or daughters gas up at a gas station, no matter what time of day. You know, to have to go to those kind of extremes uh, really kind of paints a different story for legislators and for thought leaders that are just blaming uh, agencies. Uh, that really needs to stop. Did he tell you or, or any more about like the building of these cases and, in, you know, are a lot of them going to face time? So far, they have been able to get prison time for um, a lot of these people whose, whose cases have been adjudicated. Of course, we know that that takes time, but that's critical. He said, you know, we're not doing plea deals here. Of course, you know, we'll be sure to watch and make sure that, you know, that is the case. But um, it's interesting, too. The attorney general's office isn't only doing the investigating and then the arrests. They're also prosecuting these cases. And the attorney general said that's important because then there's no accountability gap, as he referred to it. So they are making sure that these cases are, you know, fully um, put together and, and that there's no no cracks in the case. They're not handing it off to another agency to prosecute. Correct. One question I had in the end of all of this is, is can it be sustained? Um, I know this came up in your interview with Hector Balderas. You know, there's obviously also an election coming up and the AG will be changed out. It's anyone's guess as to who that winner will be. What is next for these operations? Do you think they'll continue? I know you mentioned there is a push within the people who are on the ground, right? They want to see this expand to other communities. So will it? I imagine it, it will continue because what's the argument against it? Yes, it does take resources. Yes, it can be dangerous. But when you see who they're catching, what they're catching them with, they have this belief that they're preventing the next homicide by doing this. So I think that that will really help push whoever is next in the attorney general's seat. But I do know that a lot of local agencies 
without the attorney general's office are doing this on their own. APD has conducted its own stings. I know Santa Fe has done so as well. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how it continues if it does continue. It also impacts everyone, right? Republicans, liberals, moderates, we all go to the grocery store. We all go shopping. So if your, your store, the place where you want to be able to go whenever is safer, plus the attorney general was telling me the retail community is beyond grateful for this. And, you know, he has this quote where he said, the last thing I want to see is our grocery stores closing, Home Depot's, wherever closing, because we can't get a handle on violent crime. So if they are able to get a handle on this, we're going to keep our stores. It's only going to improve the city. Again, just kind of that long term. And hopefully they will have those metrics and can, you know, be able to measure. Do we see a reduction in shoplifting cases? Do we see a reduction in, you know, people shooting guns at a Walmart grocery store? I certainly hope to see those metrics down the line. But are they getting calls from like grocery stores and retailers saying, hey, please come to my store and do this? Yes, that's actually how we ended up at that Walmart. Um, they were at that Walmart all week conducting that operation because that Walmart had had incidents of violence, all of these retailers are creating their own list of repeat offenders because they're not going to call 911 every single time because it is happening how often. So they're able to save that surveillance footage and then kind of build their own cases, build their own evidence that can immediately go into a criminal complaint and add criminal charges. What's critical is that surveillance footage and then the receipt of how much money was was stolen from the store based off, you know, the merchandise stolen. So they're playing ball. They're happy to help. They're happy a difference is being made. The only issue I've really seen and that the attorney general is really trying to fight harder for is keeping these people behind bars once they are arrested. Because yes, in some cases, these people are smart and they haven't stolen more than $500 worth of items. Even if they've stolen 10 different times, it's still a misdemeanor. Each so then, time. Each time. So then you're let off the hook, you're let out. Guess what? This is their profession. So they go right back to the store. And we've seen that. I was looking back over some of the um, names of people they caught and they're just... There's that W next to their name. There's still a warrant out for them because they were let out, didn't show back up to court. And is there anything else that we didn't ask you that you thought was important to share? No, I guess the most important thing is if you do witness this, if you do witness somebody shoplifting, do not engage. You can take a photo from a distance. You can remember what they looked like. You can remember what, you know, you might have seen them carrying out of the store. Remember the time, remember the day to help inform police. But whatever you do, do not engage.
again, thank you. We appreciate the story and, and uh, it's, a, it's cool to be able to get to talk to you a little bit more in depth about uh, all of this work because it is obviously pretty broad. And again, as I think I mentioned at the top of the conversation, it seemed really ambiguous last year, but uh, getting to see it in person and, and seeing the outcome of it, you sort of understand a little bit more about what they're talking about. Yeah, and certainly crime we know is of concern for everybody across the city and across New Mexico. So we appreciate uh, your work and we will continue to keep you posted. You can check out her story online. You can find more about this episode on krqe.com slash podcasts. In the meantime, we'll have another episode for you next week. You can reach me at gabrielle.burkhart at krqe.com via email and gburknm on social media. And I'm Chris McKee TV on Twitter and then also on email that is chris.mckee at krqe.com. Thanks for listening.